Play it, play it, play it, play it. We are gay like a fruit. We are looking like a snack. You are listening to Fruit Snacks. Yes, ASMR eyelash brush on the microphone. <laughs> Butterfly kisses. You better scratch your eyeball with your microphone, nasty. Yes. Nasty gal. <laughs> nasty. You a nasty gal. <laughs> hey guys, I'm Brian. Hey, I'm Shane. And you're listening to Fruit Snakes. The tongue pop. Thank you. That was a good one. I'm getting my powers back. Are you going to be chewing that gum all episode? Oh, I forgot it's in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. You can, you can I'll be just a, keep it under my tongue. Yeah, girl. Just like, so listen. Yeah. <laughs> so here's my thoughts. Oh, my God. The sun is like beaming in your face right now. I know. It's making me sweat everywhere. Yeah, because, you know, the studio is getting a really good lighting right now. We're doing like a sunset kind of podcast <laughs> recording. <laughs> I just um, saw a meme and it was like, Look at all of you were wishing for this weather. Now look at you, musty. <laughs> and I was like, that's true. True, 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 true. Yeah. All right. Well, we got a fruit fly for you this week. So, whoop, whoop. Fruit fly, don't bother me. Fruit fly, don't bother me. Fruit fly, don't bother me. All right. So, um, Shane's medical episode on the last fruit fly definitely um you know we have so many listeners so another passenger was listening to our podcast and they thought I should have a medical so I can get featured on a podcast so I have a fruit fly medical for you guys um so the story goes I was working at um transcon flight from Newark New Jersey which I'm always over there I'm so sick of being in Newark When, when was this Recently, but oh. you were you were flying as well, so this oh. is why we didn't get together to um, get in the studio and record. <laughs> and I see you didn't want to get rid of your gum. <laughs> Still chewing on the gum, I see. All right. Um, so we were doing a transcon, and I guess uh, one passenger, she was I think like thirty-two to thirty-eight years old, female. Um, she got up and she was like, I'm not feeling too well. And usually when people say that during boarding, we're like, get yep. off the plane because like nothing ever gets better once you're nope. in the air. So even like, and this goes for people who are listening, like if you're feeling nauseous, or you feel like you're going to throw up. It's not, it's probably not better for you to just be like, I'll just ride it out. No. Like it's going to absolutely hundred percent get worse. I when had you're up in the air. quick, do you know what about that? Uh-huh. I had a guy the other day. Um, he, he looked like kind of pale uh-huh. and this was just after we had closed the boarding door and uh he was like hey can i get like some can i get some water or something like uh-huh. i'm feeling a little faintish and i was like yeah of course so i bring him water and just thinking ahead i was like maybe i'll bring him some sugar so yeah. i brought him like a cranberry juice and i was like are you diabetic he's like yeah i didn't eat anything today oh my god and i was like what the fuck and he was like i was gonna wait until we were in the air and you guys were doing service and i was like i looked at him and i was like sir please don't ever wait for us to do service like if you know right away that you're not feeling right like tell us instantly because by the time i went to the front he was five rows back from the front of the aircraft Uh by the time i walked to the front got the juice and was walking back he started leaning over into the aisle like he, oh, his body shit. was like slumping over and he was going to try and wait out another 30 minutes or so damn and i was like what you're di- you didn't bring anything with yeah. you you're a diabetic yeah. so please like literally but, just don't ever he, wait here's the thing like as as flight attendants we come prepared because we know the job like we don't know what we're going to be doing on any of our labors. So, like, right. literally, we have, like, sewing kits, mm-hmm. uh, medicine. You know, but we travel so often that we know to bring. But a lot of people who don't travel that much, I get it. Y'all yeah. don't know what to plan for. So, sometimes, maybe if they're diabetic, they forget no, to but eat. Like, but I agree. Ugh, yeah. That's not a one-time thing. Like, if no. you're diabetic, you know that you need to take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. So, this girl comes to the back, and she was like, 
Uh, well, first, she said that during boarding. And so then we were like, okay, keep an eye on this passenger, yeah. right? And we didn't think much of it because it was like an early flight. Sometimes people don't eat because they're like rushing to the airport because sure. they have to wake up too early, whatever. So mid-flight, after the first service, um, she comes to the back and I'm standing there and she's like, uh, I don't, I, oh, no. I, uh, uh, and I was like, wait, are you okay? Like, I was like direct, like I need yeah. responses. Like, yeah. So I was like, what are you, like, are you about to pass out? And she's like, uh, uh, and literally just falls on top of oh, me. Oh my God. So I catch her and with my, like I had, like, she's like dead weight in my hands. Yeah. So I catch her almost like, um, in your under her armpits. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, I'm trying to open the bathroom door oh cause God. I'm back there kind of by myself. And then I throw her onto the toilet just so that she could sit yeah, down. Sit. And I was like, okay, like, are you going to pass out? Because I see that you are almost, you know, yeah. in and out of consciousness. So I was like, hello, like focus, like snapping at her being like, mm-hmm. hey, like, what do you need? What do you need? You know? And so then she's just kind of like, uh, oh, God. Uh, yeah. And I was like, oh my God, girl. Oh my God. So then I went and called for the other flight attendant. She comes to the back and she's like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> and so then I was like, she says that she's not okay, or she says she's fine, but I don't trust it, so I'm going to just page for medical assistance. So I ask, hey, are there any doctors or nurses on board? Please ring your flight attendant call button. The other flight attendants hear me say this, so then everyone starts answering the call. Like, yeah. We take the most credible, qualified person to handle it. Because one time I said that, this person ring their call light. I went to him, and I was like, it was a 16-year-old boy, and I was like... Yeah, like, like I was like, I was like, are you a nurse or a doctor? He's like, oh, I'm a lifeguard. Yeah, goodbye. <laughs> so he literally said, I'm CPR certified. So if you need me to do CPR, I was like, I appreciate it. I'll let you know. <laughs> he starts blowing his whistle. Right. <laughs> I was like, I'll let you know if we need your help. Not, it wasn't like that on this flight, but yeah. right away we had like five call lights. Um, off a shirt. A doctor came to the back with two nurses, and um. They they find her and then I feel like she was like hanging on because once they showed up, gone. She was oh, out. No. Yeah, she was out. And so then we pull her out of the bathroom and then we lay her on the galley floor. Mm-hmm. Um, and as she's Ugh, as she's laying there, like her eyes are rolling to the back of her head and this and that. And she's like coming in and out of consciousness. And so because she was like responding, but not like with words, but just kind of like with grunts and stuff. I was like, okay, that's a good sign. Like obviously we don't need your yeah. CPR, but um, we needed to do the med link. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, like, Shane's medical. We get on a headset and talk to ground ops. Come on, ops. Brittany Mike. <laughs> on the Brittany Mike, and we get on ground ops. to Like, it's more of, like, an insurance policy of, like, yeah. the airline show that they did something, you know, because you can't just go ham on this airline, like, <laughs> puncturing people and shit, giving IVs. So, um... I asked the flight attendants because MedLink, like you said, is so hard to hear mm-hmm. and it's like so archaic where it's like a radio yep. back and forth. And I was like, I don't want to do this shit. But because I was a first responder, I'm like, they're going to make me do this shit. <laughs> so I asked the other flight attendant, I'm like, hey, do you mind um, doing the MedLink? Yeah. And she's like, no, I don't want to. And I was like, really? And she's like, honestly, just this past month, I had a medical on this exact route and it was way worse than this. And I'm actually kind of traumatized. And I'll go into detail about yeah. her story because she told me later and I was like, no big deal. And I didn't even want to sit there and try to argue. So I was like, yeah, no worries. And, yeah. and like I said, when I'm in medical situations, I get like eerily calm. Like mm-hmm. I'm super su- like um, suppressed. Like my emotions are completely yeah. suppressed. And I'm like, what, what, what needs to happen, you know? And so, um, I get the jack in, we get the stuff set up, we bring out the medical kit, um, and then the the doctors are trying to find a pulse. They can't find a pulse, again, because it's so loud on the plane. They couldn't hear anything. They have the stethoscope, 
finally they find a pulse. Yeah. The pulse is fine. I get MedLink. We call the doctors. I tell her all. I tell them all the stats, and then mm-hmm. I'm like, "Did you take any medication or drugs or alcohol?" She's like, "No, I just took Dramamine and um, aspirin." You know, and okay. I guess she had a heart condition when she was younger, but uh. nothing in the adult area but i guess i think what it came down to is that she just took too many dramamine <laughs> dramamine is a sickness anti-nausea yeah. pill but it gives you drowsiness that's like a side yeah. effect she took too many so she was just loopy dude <laughs> like loopy and she felt super heavy and like you know, like when you're coming in and out of sleep sometimes you get nauseous because uh-huh. you get dizzy and your head is yeah. heavy especially when you're sleeping sitting up mm-hmm. i think that's ultimately what happened because like the pressure of changing exactly yeah. but like we busted out everything we were giving this bitch glucose oh just in case she was diabetic because she wasn't <laughs> responding we were having her drink orange juice we were having to drink water yeah we finally find a friend that she's flying with long story short nothing happens <laughs> but i was the one who had to like babysit back there and we were like laying on the galley floor Ew. for maybe like an hour and a half now here's the kicker right this was um, sorry, no, this was after the second service. Okay, so okay. for us, our, our service plan is we do two carts back-to-back. The first one is um, food and water, mm-hmm. or food and drinks, and then we come back through with drinks for refills yeah. and then put the carts away until an hour and a half out before we land. We come back out one more time for drink service and food if you're hungry. Right. So we called – the whole time I'm talking to the captain about it, like da-da-da-da-da. He goes, hey, just let you know, in about 15 minutes, we're going to get turbulence. Like, how does it look back there? Of course. And I was like, we're, we're fine with turbulence. Like, everyone is stable. She's still, like, feeling really tired, but yeah. she's fine. And he's like, okay, well, are you guys going to do another service? And I was uh, like, I was like, oh, yeah, we will. An hour and a half out. We still had three and a half hours left of the oh, flight. Yeah. Oh, so okay. I was like, yeah, and, and at the end, an hour and a half out. And he's like, well, it's going to be turbulent. I was like, oh, are you telling me it's turbulent for the rest of the flight? And he's like, well, it's on and off, so I don't know if you guys will get to get back out. And I was like, okay, well, if we don't get out, we don't get out. Like, it's a medical emergency. And he's like, well, I don't want everyone to be sitting here for three hours, like, questioning my decision. Yeah, and I was like, okay, I understand, but I'm like... The the person the the passenger is still laid out in the galley. So even if we wanted to do service, every cart is behind her mm-hmm. body. So I was like, I don't want to move her to make it seem like right. we don't care. So I was like, no, okay. I was like, we'll try to do a service, but if we can't, we can't. He's like, oh, so they're all gonna sit there. And in oh my, my head, God. I'm like, bitch, I'm not telling you what altitude to fly. No. I'm not telling <laughs> you how to fucking turn the plane or like turn the temperature, or whatever. I'm like, you do your job, I'll do my job. I'm not trying to be lazy. And I'm, they've already been taken care of once. Literally. Yeah, like we took care of them. So I was like, so finally, after everything was said and done, sorry, it wasn't 15 minutes till turbulence. It was 50. So five zero. So we only had an hour. Yeah. So 15 minutes after that phone call, she gets up, she gets back to her seat. We stick her and her friend together because they were traveling together, but not staying together. So I was like, just monitor. We got everyone situated. We like um, comp the doctors to say thank you. We gave them food like just as a we appreciate your, you know, your response. And so we bust the cart out really fast. We did three carts back to back to back. So obviously no oh one God. wanted anything. Yeah. And so then um, he calls and he's like, okay, the turbulence is coming. I was like, okay, cool. Thanks. And I just hang up. And then the other flight attendants were like, why didn't you tell him we did a third cart? And I was like, cause I don't need to win that battle. It's, uh-huh. I don't, I don't give a fuck. Like whatever. And he's like, she's like, no, I'm going to tell him. So she picks up. She's like, Hey, just let you know, we did a third cart because you told us to. And he's like, oh, you guys did. She's like, yeah. So now they're going to sit for three hours because anyways because yeah. we don't have any more supplies and that's all we have to do and he's like oh really he's like yeah that's all and she hung up and i was like oh bitch you really <laughs> needed to do that she's like no <laughs> that's I, how i get yeah he's she's like we get enough shit from the passengers we yeah. don't need it from him so uh-huh. i'm gonna let him know that he fucked up our flow because uh-huh. he's trying to tell us what to do and i was like oh my god but then um after 15 minutes of turbulence smooth the rest the of the way. way the whole fucking way tell me why after the three hours where we didn't come back out 
everyone was bringing their call uh-huh. light for drinks because they were like, hey, are you guys coming back out? It's like, oh, my God. So he, ru- he ruined everything. <laughs> but I was just like, hey, he's the chief in command on this uh-huh. flight. So if he's telling me to do service, I'll do it. But it was, like, so annoying. So that, that pretty much wraps up my story. It's not that exciting. But this is where it gets kind of exciting. So I was telling her, I was like, oh, what was your medical yeah. that, like, kind of keeps you? The other you flight sh- attendant? The other flight attendant. Yeah. She's like, for whatever reason, this Newark flight, I always have medicals. And I was like, really? She's like, this, would be, this is my, now my third medical. And I was like, no way. She's like, the last medical I had, a passenger died. And I was like, oh. you're <laughs> lying. And she's like, no. And I was the first responder. And uh. I, I had to do CPR for 45 minutes. And I was like, shut the fuck up. She was like, no, it was awful. So what happened was an older gentleman, it was very much like this, where yeah. she, he came to the back, was fine, responsive, and then within seconds, passed out, stopped breathing, oh my God. no pulse, couldn't find anything. And then um, she was like, we performed CPR. And I was like, no one passed off? And she's like, no, it was right. like dead in the uh, aisle, so we couldn't really maneuver around. And then the doctors and the nurses that were on board were doing actual like, um, like um, IVs and stuff. And she's like, I don't know what I'm doing. So the best I could do is just offer my skills and it was CPR. So she's like, I was doing compressions for 45 minutes. If you ever, if you know how to do CPR, doing compressions for like two minutes straight is exhausting. Exhausting. Like you're sweating 45 minutes. And I was like, did you guys divert? And she was like, well, Medlink kept telling us do not stop CPR until you land. And she's like, it took us that long to find an airport that would fit that size of an aircraft to land. Because here's the thing, when you guys divert, people are always like, why are we going to this random city or why don't you just, there's so many airports, but only certain airports can take certain aircraft. So if it's a smaller airport, it can't take a bigger plane Uh because the plane might be able to land, but it won't have enough runway to take off. Uh So it's all of that stuff. So they have to really be strategic on that. But she said he ended up dying um, because the compressions were so long. She broke all his ribs. (gasps) Um, he started oh, fuck. blood started splurting out of his mouth. She yeah. was like, I was covered in his blood. Oh my god, no, no, yeah. No, no at that point I would have stopped. And that's was, like a safety hazard to her. At that I point. agree. But like you do what you're told because oh, it's fuck. an insurance. Wait, was thing. she not did she have the mask over his mouth? Yeah, she had okay. the mask over his mouth. Oh, but then god. at a certain point, like you're not right. doing rescue breaths, you're just doing compressions to get the blood to keep oh, going so he doesn't god. go brain dead. And Everyone knew he was dead. Even the doctors on board were like, he's not coming back. But Medlink was like, no, you need to keep doing compressions until you land. And so they just kept doing CPR, kept doing CPR. Yeah. And so when they landed, um, everyone stood on board and they just like took the body off through the front when it was in the back. Like I was like, why didn't they open the back door and get the body off? They're like, I don't know. And there was blood on the seats and all that. Yeah. So I was like. Girl, I see why you don't want to even put this headset on because uh-huh. I would imagine it's very traumatic. She's like, yeah, I can't. I really can't. And so that's exactly what happened. Because um, everyone's like, I can't be a flight attendant because I can't respond to that. Many flight attendants aren't mm-hmm. good under pressure. If you're forced to be under pressure, I think you would perform. Yeah. But if like other people can handle it and you're freaking out, I always just say, go pick up trash. Go <laughs> go pick up trash. Because yeah. then they're fine, you know? But yeah, that was it. Ew. Her story was more dramatic than mine, for sure. But she was like having like... Um, reoccurring thoughts of like oh shit you know it's gonna happen yeah again. because yeah. he it was like the start of it was kind of yeah. the same where he said he didn't feel well and Ew. then in air just like fainted passed out died straight up died yeah the only time i've ever heard of a death on a flight that with a flight attendant who i've flown with they just put a sheet over his body the whole flight uh-huh because like at the point that they're dead like you can't do anything to bring them nothing. back so they didn't divert they were like well we're just gonna keep going to where we were going to right I, going back isn't gonna do anything no i think 
personally, I would want to divert. I would not want that body to sit there. Yeah, I wouldn't either. And I think if you divert, people would understand. You know, like, I yeah. would hope passengers don't get upset. But the same shit happened. Call lights were going off again. And we're like, yeah, what's up? Like, Can I get a Coke? Oh, I'm like, oh, bitch. I was like, y'all handle that. Because <laughs> I'm about to lose my shit. Because I have PTSD from yeah. that. <laughs> I'm like, with my Britney mic, you're ruining the concert. <laughs> Wait until intermission. Yeah, but Ooh. that's it. Well, I'm happy she didn't die. <laughs> right. Seriously, you saved a life. Though. Saved a life. With orange juice. Orange juice and glucose sugar um, <laughs> gel. <laughs> All right. What kind of tomfoolery, buffoonery, shenanigans you want to get in today on this episode? Monogamy. Monogamy. <laughs> That's monogamy. <laughs> monogamy. M-O-N. Oh. Oops. I was trying to quote um, Effie Trinket, which what? is like, That's mahogany. <laughs> but like with when? monogamy. In Hunger Games? Every trinket when he like stabs the wood on the train. Uh-huh. Oh, and she's like, and she's That's, like, That's mon- mahogany. Monogamy. But that was, yeah, it didn't work. Um, okay, so the shows that I brought up recently, like the What If and um, Tales of the City on Netflix, Mm -hmm. so they've had these, like, super hot sex scenes, and both sex scenes have incorporated, like, third parties coming into a couple to have sex. Work, work, work. I was like, this would be a good subject, actually, because I feel like... I feel like you don't see that a lot on TV. It's just a very passionate, like, two people having sex Mm -hmm. kind of thing. Mm Mm-hmm. But I feel like this is a discussion that's being had more, at least publicly. So I wanted to talk about it. Just to be clear for people who don't know what monogamy is, it's just a one person kind of gal. So <laughs> like um, any traditional relationship you would think of where it's just right. one boy, one girl, two boys, or just two girls, you guys are committed to each other and you do not stray outside of that. Yeah. So have you always been monogamous? Yes. In all of your relationships. Uh, well, I mean... I mean, you haven't had a ton of relationships, but... I ha- Well, I have, but... Uh, really? Not gay, not a ton of gay. I've had more straight right. relationships. Oh, I guess than, I'm thinking gay. But, um, yeah, all of them were intended to be monogamous. Oh. Yeah, like, um, I had an episode where I, like... Not an episode, like, on the podcast, but I had a stinch where... A stint... A, <laughs> a stint <laughs> a stint where um, there it goes again I said that in a previous uh-huh. episode a stint where um, textually I guess cheating where like I went oh, okay. outside of the relationship text wise and it got too far mm. um, but I didn't do anything and I really wasn't I don't think I really wanted to act on it yeah. um, so in that sense I wasn't committed um, and then I've gotten cheated on once before like I said in previous episodes by my yeah. first girlfriend in high school with another Brian how That's dare she <laughs> on a side note you know what I said when she told me I called her and I was like I could have loved you stop <laughs> not I love you but I could have loved you <laughs> so dramatic so dramatic I've never heard you be so dramatic before. little little 14 year old Brian <laughs> yeah um cute yeah I've always been monogamous as well yeah um I was cheated on before and I've cheated as well mm. but the relationships that actually the relationship that I had cheated in was doomed and it was I cheated because he had already cheated. I and see. it was like I know a I lot knew of those the, the ending was over yeah. or the, the ending was near. Um But yeah, I nothing where like we had a discussion about being open in our mm-hmm. relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So in the in the sense of like actual monogamy, cheating aside, I think both of us have been in relationships where we we're like we're committing to you. We're not totally. trying to see anyone. We're not trying to date anyone. Yeah, else. and I only ever saw love as being monogamous, sure. like because I remember when we used to watch One Girl Five Gays, uh-huh. which we've talked about. I remember Yerksa always used to talk about being in open relationships, right. and I just never understood. Like I could never hear what he was trying to say, um, and I think it takes a very fully realized and comfortable person to have it an honest conversation about right. opening up a relationship. Right. Um, but in my mind, like for most of my life, I I could only see love as being like monogamous and right. truthful and passionate yeah. and like only between two people. Right. And I just felt like wanting more than that was wanting your cake and getting to eat right. it too. You but know? you know, you say monogamy is synonymous with truthful and passionate, but I feel like but, that could be yeah. in an open relationship. I think you can have a more honest, uh, like a more honest and truthful relationship in an open relationship because you have to keep those lines of communication for sure. open for it to be successful, yeah. which I would, both of us would imagine because both of us have yet to be in one. Exactly. Um, yeah. but yeah, I don't know where your questions are going, but are you going to talk about open relationships? Mm-hmm. Okay. Then I'll let you go. Cause yeah. I've had a question, but I'll just save my questions till the end of your Ted talk. Oh, okay. <laughs> Great. Um, I was actually, that was one of the next questions, uh, is would you explore polyamory? Um, explain polyamory for the listeners. So polyamory is is basically just opening up your relationship to any more than two people, and that uh, means any more than like you and another person, right? Yeah, um, and that means any form of the 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 word, right? Like um, a threesome or an actual committed or more, relationship, or like having like a boyfriend and another boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Just for clarification, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, would I be open to polyamorous relationships? I think. For me, I'm not experienced in it, so I can't say that I will because I think the discomfort only comes from not being around it. Do you get what I'm saying? Okay. I think when I've 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 had friends who've been in it or have I've heard I've seen situations where they'll bring in a third person or whatever, and that's like a continual thing mm-hmm. they do. And really quickly to clarify, I think when I'm asking this, I'm I'm opening the conversation to bringing in a third romantic partner, but also just a third person in general. Right. Yeah. Um, so so not, here, yeah. here I sit with it too, because I feel like, um, an open relationship or polyamory definitely has to come from a place of maturity yeah. because when you're younger, monogamy is probably better only. And I only say this because I don't think at a young age you can, um, express or articulate your emotions when uh-huh. you're feeling insecure or like, um, not loved uh-huh. in a way that you could when you're more mature. And I don't mm-hmm. think you need those triggers to be fulfilled as often when you're older because you're more secure of who you are and what you offer in a relationship sure so with that disclaimer said i feel like as i get older um i see the the um i see how it could work and how it makes sense because i've been in relationships mm-hmm. where the relationship was great but i was like ugh, if this was better it would right. be the perfect relationship and i always would question if this was the right relationship with me because i always felt like that was not enough you know and like so what was not enough like for instance, um, like, I've been in I've been in situations where I really liked the person, but uh, sexually we just weren't matching. Oh, okay, and I was like always thinking about having sex with other people. Not in like when I'm having sex with them, I'm like, oh, I'm yeah. thinking of this X, Y, and Z. But when we weren't having sex, I never felt a desire to have sex. Okay. And on top of that, like I was like, oh, I wish it was better. Mm. And so in that sense, I feel like if you were to venture out and have sex with someone else, and that was fulfilled, uh-huh. you can have a full life fulfillment yeah. in all the categories. And I think that's the same with like friendships, how you explain friendships where um, you wouldn't go for me for coddling, but you mm-hmm. would come for me for the truth. Right. And I think 
you realize that and you're not going to get everything that you need from me as totally. a friend so you have multiple friends to fulfill your tribe mm-hmm. i feel like it can be on a deeper sense and that's where that's an i interesting feel like point. that's where i feel like it makes sense i don't know if i could commit to that sure but it makes sense to me okay yeah so would you ever wait did you want to answer I will after this, because oh, okay. this is like a two-part question. I see. Um, would you ever allow yourself to become a part of somebody else's polyamorous relationship? I think yes. Or open relationship? Yes, only because I feel like there's an escape plan for me. Do okay. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it's easier. I mean, it's no strings attached. No strings attached. Like, it's easier. Yeah. I would imagine, again, I haven't been in it, but I would imagine it's easier to leave a pre-established couple mm-hmm. than it would be to, like, fall in love with someone else and then find someone else new mm. and then try to like work that out. Do you know what I mean? Right. I don't think I would fear that I would fall in love with someone else more. Mm-hmm. But I think that um, if that ever did happen, um, it would be a little more of a heartache to like pick one or the other. If that ever came down to it, I don't think you would need to pick. Um, Cause I feel like if your lines of oh, 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 communication are open, you would figure out what works best for all three people yeah. or however many else. But for me, I know I'm picky. <laughs> so if like, I'm dating two people that I like. I would want to be able to make the decision a little bit easier on the conscious than right. it would be like hurting someone's feelings that I've developed a full, I guess, monogamous traditional thing and then bringing a third person in. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I would be open to exploring an open relationship. I think in, in the idea of being in a relationship with two other people, I am at a point where I'm not really into that. Um, like the idea of being romantic with two people at one time is a little (laughs) stressful and overwhelming to me. Um, but in terms of like being in a committed, uh, relationship with one person and having a solid foundation with that person and then opening up the idea to at least, at least sexual relationships with, with other people, um, I'd be open to that conversation, but I think it would have to come with a lot of solid communication For sure. before it even started, For you sure. know, in terms of, um, do we want to know the people who were, were coming into these sexual relationships right. with, do we want to tell one another when it's happening or after it happened or, you know what I mean? Like right. all of those guidelines that you kind of have to go through, um, to keep that line of communication open. We need to clarify too, because I don't know if polyamorous is so much of like bringing in a third party for like one off. No, instances. so that's why I was saying like I'm not so much open to polyamory, which is like uh, two or more people in like a, a committed, romantic relationship. Yeah. I'm not really into that, but in terms of an open relationship, right. I would be open minded to right. that. Yeah, and this is why I say in the traditional sense, like I probably won't be into it, only because when I'm dating into around an open relationship or polyamory. Uh, polyamory. Okay. If I was dating around, I think it would be very difficult for me um, because when I do date around, I only invest my time in one person before I decide to either continue on or move on. You know mm-hmm. how some people will like go on three different dates in a week and then they'll see the, the first guy two weeks after already dating four people? Yeah. I'm like, that is too much for me. Yeah. I can't invest that much time in like all those yeah those ventures like that's where i'm like i feel like it'd be a little bit difficult but then again if you already like say if we were in a relationship and we know each other so much that mm-hmm. i did feel like I, I was still missing something which maybe could happen i would it would be easier because you already know that there's a stable foundation yeah. yeah so yeah but as far as open relationships and bring a third person in yeah i'd be up for it okay like the idea of se- sharing a sexual partner does not scare me like yeah. it's not I'm not a jealous person. I'm not like, oh my god, are am I not doing well? 
in right. my, you know what I mean? Like in the bedroom or like, why am, why are they venturing out? Sometimes it's just like, yeah, there's needs. And mm-hmm. I, if I can't meet them, I feel like I'm secure enough to be like, yeah, find them. Well, and it's not even about like not being able to meet needs because when you think about being with somebody, say in, in terms of a traditional lifelong partner, uh-huh. uh, the idea of, of sleeping with that one person the rest of your life I think is traditionally what's meant in a relationship, but you can sleep with that person for the rest of your life and feel fulfilled with them. Uh But your personal sexual needs might just expand beyond what, what you've um, developed with that one person, Right. you know? So that one person can fulfill all of your, your sexual needs with them. Mm -hmm. Um, But I feel like at the end of the day, we are very animalistic and human or, I mean, we're humans, but we're very animalistic about right. those basic instincts and needs. Right. Um, yeah, so I think that that just I don't, comes down to I don't more. know what questions you have, but can I ask you a question? And yeah. you tell me if it's coming up. We'll just pause, put a pause on uh-huh. it. But um, do you think monogamy was man-made? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Yeah, I think that it was made by... Um, this actually goes back to... What is... Um, oh, what's that guy who like debunks myths? Is it Alex ruins everything or something like that? I have no clue. What oh, you're so about. okay. Well, I'll we'll put that in the the fruit facts. Um, but there's this guy who basically talks about marriage mm-hmm. um, and how marriage was really boosted by like the diamond industry oh. to sell diamonds right, to people who like want to get married, yeah. yeah, and things like that. Um, but I feel like marriage existed before diamonds. For sure. But I think that in terms of it becoming such a mainstream, like everybody wants this to do it. It's like, it. oh, look, yeah. you get to buy rings and have a wedding and have right. this dress and right. a cake and right. all these like traditional um, routines that, right. that people fall into on those, on those I days. I feel like um, for me, my understanding of monogamy is based in religion um, because mm-hmm. I feel like everything that is like slut shaming or like um sinful kind of comes from that religious standpoint you know yeah. what i mean um like if you have sex before marriage and all that stuff it's very religious based rather than like which is interesting because then in saying that are you making the point that it is man-made yeah, yeah. i think monogamy is see 100% that's so interesting because from your point of view i see exactly what you're saying and uh-huh. i agree with it uh-huh. but somebody who's religious would say that that's not man-made right like it's you know divine. what i mean it's, it's divine exactly yeah like yeah. this is how it's by the, the grace of god that like right two people come together right. and fall in love and spend the but rest i'm of like their lives bitch together. if that was the case you would see monogamous animals which some people what some some animals aren't actually monogamous yeah, like love birds and all that stuff. i think things different things work for different people always sure. in every aspect of life um but i think that like Speaking mainstream, I think right. that a lot of people fall into this idea of monogamy because that's what we've been presented with is Maybe, supposed to be our reality. For sure. And not even like, not in a religious sense even, but like all the all of the um, media feeds us into this idea of like the yeah. soulmate or like that mm-hmm. one true person. When you think of like romantic comedies, you're, mm-hmm. that's like always the case. Like the guy gets the girl. Yeah. And I say guy gets the girl because that's always what we see. I wish it was more like the girl gets the girl. Right. Or the guy gets the trans. Right. You know, or right. whatever the case is. Yeah. But. Um, um, and yeah. I was actually, this sounds silly to say, but it's it's very honest. I was introduced to the idea of meeting your soulmate in a form other than a romantic partner from Grey's Anatomy. 
um, Meredith Grey mm-hmm. is talking to Christina Yang, her like best friend on the Again, show. Again, you need and to they get talk about out being soulmates. You need to get outside. No, Turn look, this TV, is so reflective of real life. But go ahead. But I was like, that's such an interesting idea because she says like, you're my person, as in you're my soulmate, uh-huh. you know. And all of her lovers that that come into her life are, of course, these like partners who she wants the rest of her life, mm-hmm. but. The one person she goes to when, like, even that lover disappoints her is her soulmate or... Who who is... Christina Yang. Got it. Yeah. Um, and I was like, that's a really interesting idea. And it's funny because that's actually how I described sexuality when I was younger. I When I was, like, discovering if I was gay or not, what, what made me rationalize it in my head was, like, the only difference between a friendship and a relationship is sex. Mm-hmm. Right? Because I feel like there's three pillars. There's commitment, there's passion, and self-disclosure. Uh-huh. When one of those is missing, it starts changing the dynamic of the relationship. Uh-huh. So if all three of those are in tune, then you know that you're with your quote-unquote soulmate, right? Say the three pillars again. Commission. Uh, commission. <laughs> commission. You, <laughs> you got to make commission. <laughs> commitment, passion, and self-disclosure. You created these pillars? You saw this I think this, this was somewhere. in our um, com, uh, com class, yeah. Okay. Um, but... What what the idea is that in order to have a successful relationship, you need all three, right? Mm-hmm. Commitment, where I'm, I want to be your friend right. or your partner. I want to be there with you, help you grow. Sure. You know, commitment. Passion is sex, mm-hmm. drive, right? Yeah. Like wanting, like finding yeah, a desire. Fire. And then self disclosure is like being deep, right? Because uh-huh. we could have a platonic sex, like we're committed, and then we have passion. But what is that? A fuck buddy, right? Right. Or you have commitment and self disclosure, but no sex. That's a friend. Yeah. Or if you have self disclosure and passion, that's an affair. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Because you're not yeah. committed to the person. So in essence, I always thought of it in a sense of if. If I really vibed with my best friend who's a guy and I was like, man, I wish you were a girl because I can't have sex with you. That's when I was like, well, why can't I have sex with you? Mm. You know what I mean? Like, I think guys can find other guys attractive. Yeah, maybe the desire is more, say, for me or Shane. But, like, obviously, like, someone who is straight, like my brother, wouldn't find a desire to have sex with a guy, right? Mm -hmm. But even with that said, it came quick to me because I was like, well, I don't have desire to have sex with a girl. But I did because I chose to have that passion, right? right? Where I wanted to be passionate with this person because I felt so connected. So that's where I was like... Well, then if people are more open, it then brought it into the fluidity thing, right? But right. back then, we didn't have the buzzword fluidity, no. sexual or gender fluidity and all that stuff. But now, as we're coming into a more um, progressive mindset, I'm mm-hmm. like, that, that to me at a young age made sense. Because right. I was like, I don't want to put those boundaries on there because I find love to be boundless. And so it's a great example that you bring up that Grey's Anatomy thing because it's very that Mm -hmm. where Meredith didn't want to have sex with Christina right but they were fully committed but then it also brings it back to the open relationship sense or the Mm. polyamorous right where Christina Yang was there in every sense of the word for her as a committed partner but she was like oh I just wish you were a guy right in essence so it's like you can so then that to me makes sense why people get into open relationships or polyamory because I'm like yes I've been in situations where I'm Uh like damn like if you were I got along with my straight best friend if you just love me the way I love you in like a passionate sense this could be the perfect relationship for us but because you don't see me in that way this is where it ends. Uh-huh. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think it goes the same with straight people where like a lot of where you get friend zoned in essence, mm-hmm. you know, like one one person is committed and self-disclosed, sees the passion, but the other person has the same two pillars, but doesn't Minus have passion. passion yeah. And then it just falls flat. But then can you not have a relationship at that point? You can. But again, that's why communication is so important. Uh-huh. 
yeah. because you have to be clear like yeah i love you as a friend but then that can't happen but then you have to take it upon yourself and be like i want to sign up for this because it's important or it's not mm-hmm. i can't take that i do need the passion i'm sorry i'm out yeah yeah i get that mm-hmm. um and uh to jump back to that question about being a part of other people's open relationships uh-huh. i have been it was kind of weird because I think it happened because I was more into one of the partners. Yeah. But while it was happening, I was like, <laughs> I kept thinking like, oh, I don't want that other person here. Like, <laughs> like that's not like why a, I'm here. It's like a bug flying around. It's yeah, I'm like, you're, you're like, get, oh, away. get away. Like, yeah. can you go get me water? Like, the only reason you hooked up with the two is because that I wanted was your the opportunity one. for the yeah. one. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've done it. I, it, it wasn't like thrilling where I was like, oh my God, I'm so into this. Yeah. But I mean... If they're okay with it and they have their whole situation set up, like, who am I to, you know, be like, this makes me uncomfortable. I don't think I could be in a situation like that because if I'm not into both of them, I probably won't be, like, into it. But you know what? I have sex with my friends all the time where I'm really not into it. But, like, you catch me in a good moment. Like, I I just ate. (laughs) I'm feeling good. Ew, not just ate. Yeah. What a top. Let's have sex. (laughs) But, um, okay. I think the idea of the situation would be, like, three friends who, like, are like good friends and like yeah. open to being silly and yeah. then it just leads to something and you're like yeah let's do it mm. been yeah. there done that been there done that <laughs> <laughs> um so if you were in an open relationship what would your like three basic rules be what would be my catchphrase <laughs> <laughs> your housewife i'm usually on line. the top but tonight tonight i'm on the bottom <laughs> <laughs> i like that um what would be your housewife tagline oh i don't know I think it would be like, for me, it'd be like, um, I don't play tag. I've been it. No, <laughs> you can't take somebody else's tagline. Like, who, whose tagline is no, that? No, I mean, like somebody else said that. You think they all made up their own taglines? Uh, no, I'm saying, uh, no, I see what you're saying. But I'm saying like, I feel like all of theirs are at least original for them. Oh, oh yeah. I see. I see. Yeah. Okay. It'd probably be something like, I'm not a bitch. You just can't handle the truth. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> oh, would that's for probably sure yeah. yours. I'm not a bitch. You can't just handle the truth. That was like, what would be yours before we continue? I don't know. Okay, we'll what continue. do you think mine would be? You're better at making things up for people. Um, um, something like, um, I know I cry a lot, but it's only because these tears are for your tragic life. <laughs> something like that. <laughs> but I'm actually crying for you. Yeah, I'm crying for you. <laughs> Right, you're like, you don't, you haven't seen emotion until I release the floodgates or some stupid <laughs> shit like that. Um, <laughs> you think it's shady under these trees? These you trees. Watch and see. <laughs> you what? You wait and see. <laughs> um, so, what would your like rules or your basic like guidelines be for an open relationship? Okay. Um, if if your partner approached you and said, "Hey, I really want to try this with you," okay. Um, I would say you have to tell me everything if I ask. Okay. Yeah. Like, and so I guess that's just honesty. Um, I don't think we need to tell everything to each other, but if I was like, oh, who did you sleep with? I like that you say, if I ask. If I ask. Yeah. You, like, you don't need to self-disclose, but I'm if I'm like, hey, what were you doing? And you tell me, like, I want you to be on. I don't want you to be like, I don't want you to hide anything because at that point, I feel like it's cheating. It's right. Do you get what I'm saying? Like it's, yeah. Yeah. So I don't think you need to tell me like, hey, I'm going to go have sex or hey, I'm going to go on a date. Mm-hmm. I don't like whatever. And this is all hypothetical. Yeah, yeah. But um, I think if I ask, like, hey, what are you doing? I don't want you to be like, oh, just going to the gym and you're going on a date. Do right, you know what I'm saying? Right. It'd have to be like, hey, I'm going on a date. And if I was like, you know what? I, I'd rather you not do that tonight. I would want you to be able to articulate why you want to or articulate, like, okay, yeah, I won't go yeah. if that bothers you. You know what I mean? Like that open communication right. so that my needs are met. 
Um, and then if they came with me, like a valid reason, like, well, I, I, I actually am really excited. Like, I just needed time to get away or whatever. I'd like, yeah, go. You know okay. what I mean? So I feel like I'm very sure. like aware in that sense. Um, so that's one honesty and honesty. Um, two, I think, um, I know this is like weird, but I feel like you would need to be on prep and tested regularly mm. yep. because I don't want you to be like sleeping around and then pass something on mm-hmm. because then again, that would be a sense of loss of trust. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last thing would be um, y- you would have to share. I think I would still need a sense of closeness. So I feel like I would need the idea that like we're still each other's number one. Okay. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like um, I would need to feel like I'm in a relationship with someone more over the others. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. As of off the top of my head, I think that would be my three. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. What about you? Um, I think it would definitely have to come from a lot of time spent building our relationship. Like, I don't think it could be at the start of when our you relationship. Say this, um, let's put it in terms of like the anchor, the anchor as in like your number one. Is that what you're saying? Correct. Okay. Yeah. So like whoever I'm opening my relationship with, like we would have we would have had to have built a solid relationship together. It's not something I would want to like try while still building a relationship. I feel like that's like putting your eggs in too many baskets. For sure. Um, So I would want that solid foundation. I definitely like where you were going with the, if I ask like the whole disclosure thing, Mm -hmm. because I don't think, I think one of my guidelines would be like, I don't necessarily want you to tell me when it's happening. For sure. I don't want to like sit there and be thinking about it. Right. Um, but also, I think. But I think I would want you to tell me after it happens. For sure. Like I would want you to come home and be like, "Hey, I just want to let you know, like oh, okay. I was with so and so." Like every single time. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, even if you like wait a day or two to tell, me, like that's fine. I you don't have to like rush home to me right away, kind of thing. But, um, would you want it before it happened? Like text, like, "Hey, I'm going out." No. Like, da, da, da. No. Uh. Uh-uh. Because I think. I know myself, and I would just sit there and like think about. Uh, right. It. But then, is that really if you ask? If you're like. If they have to tell you after the fact? Um, what I mean by if I ask is, I want you to tell me that it happened no matter what, but, but I don't want details I unless I ask. Like, oh, he fisted this buzzy. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I got cum farts coming out. <laughs> cum fart <know>. queen. <laughs> um, and... I'm. This is like a working rule for me. Like, I don't know that this would like sit well. Uh-huh. But the way that I see it right now, never having experienced it, I don't think that I would want to be a part of it. Okay. I don't want to be asked or invited into whatever that that situation right. is. I want it to be separate. I see. I think it would weird me out more. And I feel like it would pull from the intimacy that I have with that one person to bring somebody directly into sure. that. Yeah. I feel like if the dynamic was bringing in a third person, I wouldn't want them to set it up and I was the third person. I would want to set up with my partner and then and like, these are the, the rules that we're giving you, not giving totally. me. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Um, can I ask you a personal question? Yeah. Um, have you ever been fisted? Just kidding. <laughs> Just joking. So answer or don't um, answer? It's, it's about <laughs> Edward. So again, yeah. Yeah. answer if you want. You can literally bypass this, but have you guys had this conversation? Edward, take out your headphones. <laughs> um, yeah, we have. We actually just recently had a conversation about this. Um, not in terms of us actually doing it. Uh-huh. It was just a conversation of like, Thoughts we know it. that this is like a reality for people, especially, and I feel like especially within the gay community, mm-hmm. this is a conversation mm-hmm. for couples um, or partners. And 
it was a very, I think it was like the start of this kind of conversation. I see. Um, it was more like setting the platform for like down the road to open this conversation again. Um, Are you looking for an open relationship ultimately? No. Okay. I'm just, I'm realizing as I'm getting older, why people have these open right. relationships. I think it's um, great, great on you guys. That's pretty much all the mm-hmm. questions I have because I don't want to get in your relationship and well, I don't think you need and to And really quickly to finish your answer, we, I feel like we're still in such a rebuilding right. phase. Like it, that's why I bring up that first rule of like that solid foundation. I don't feel like we're stable enough to do that. Yeah. To bring somebody yeah. else in. Yeah. Um, but I also think that the way you express your relationship to me, you're very happy. Yeah. And like fulfilled. Yeah, I am. Totally. Yeah. And like the moments that you weren't, you guys got through it and then you're like, okay, now we know. Yeah. You know, like I need to do better. You need to be supportive or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, not that that was a conversation, but yeah. you know. Um, I feel like... Um, with that said, it's really healthy to talk about it, even yeah. if you're into it or not, because I mm-hmm. feel like it gives a good idea of how the person sees relationships, mm-hmm. you know? And really what an open relationship is, is like, if they're going to have sex with someone else, they're going to do it regardless. Yeah. You know what I mean? I yeah. think that's why so many people cheat. So it's mm-hmm. almost like if you get a sense of how the person sees monogamy, totally. it's a really good sense of how they see yeah. your, you and value relationships and that can either go one way or another but I, I think it might be uncomfortable because you might feel insecure yeah right you might hear things that you don't want to hear but then say that and share that and be like you know what that totally. does make me feel insecure and then be like this is why mm-hmm. and yes that's your own journey but then at least they can either help you articulate it maybe open your mind to a different viewpoint or really just like you're like more um steadfast in your idea of how you view it and yeah i mean there's i to me like other than the uncomfortableness there's like no wrong way not to do it totally or like um there's no bad reason or any bad outcome is what i'm trying to say bad outcome yeah you know you get answers so i think it's always healthy to kind of have these conversations yeah i mean even now i feel like just in the the conversation that we had i've a already learned that he's like open to the idea of it um but i i've also realized i'm more open to it Sure. You know, which is, um, I feel like, which is a good gauge to have. Oh yeah. Yeah. But it's a good gauge to have now. And I, this is, this is my, um, assessment. I don't know that this is the truth or Uh reality, but I feel like I've been, um, exposed to this being a reality for more people than for maybe sure. him. I think in the gay world, for sure, we make our own yeah. rules because we're already saying fuck you to society by yeah. being with the same sex. So you do make your own rules mm-hmm. in our sense. Yeah, Didn't yeah. mean to cut you off, but I agree. Um, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. So it's it's like just a, a long work in progress. Yeah. If it, if, it, if it even ever gets there. Right. You know? Right. Um, where was I on my list? And I think it's almost a little bit surprising, too, when you talk to your partner about this. Because one of my boyfriends was, like, I assumed was completely monogamous and, like, not about it. And then when I posed the question of, like, would you ever have a threesome? It wasn't me wanting to have a threesome. I yeah. literally was just curious. Asking. And they were, like, yeah, I would. And I was, like, wait, really? Like, oh. with me? And they're, like, yeah. But I think also that was that was one of the relationships where the sex wasn't the greatest. Not that it was bad, but oh. just we just didn't meet up. And I was, like... Now that you say that, I almost feel okay, and we're on the same page. And be yeah. like, okay, yeah, you agree. Like, it's not just me thinking the sex isn't the greatest. Totally. Granted, we didn't have that, but that's where my mind went. Mm-hmm. And yes, that could have been an insecurity where I'm like, oh, he's saying I'm bad at sex, but I was like, no, I agree. Uh-huh. Or if that's the case, where I'm like, well, wait, is am I bad at sex? Ask that question, and then he can be like, he or she could be like, yeah, I wish you would do more of this or that. Totally. It, again, it gets uncomfortable, but at least you have answers to yeah. go off of, you know? Yeah. But yeah, I get that. Um. 
are you I think I I think I know this answer for you. You don't pretty know pretty sure bitch. I do. <laughs> but um I feel like one of the issues with opening your relationship is the inability to separate sex from emotion. Are you able to separate those two? Um absolutely. Yeah. I think guys it is more easy for guys to separate sex from emotion because I think we're raised to like watch porn. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so when we watch sex, it's just a very physical act. Mm-hmm. There's like we're not invested in the person getting fucked. Totally. <laughs> you know what I mean? Totally. Um, and yeah, I, I say that because I've had sex with people where emotionally I was not like I didn't even really like the person, but I found them attractive. And I was like, yeah, we'll have sex. And I'm okay. like, but just don't ever talk to me. <laughs> yeah. Like literally don't talk to me. Oh, my God. Um, See, that makes me sad. I know. Not for you. Like, right, it, but the other person, because yeah. I'm like, damn, I'm just Because if I him. was that other person in, in any relationship or situation, yeah. like, I would be like, oh, fuck. But have you ever been in a situation where you're like, damn, I wish they weren't so annoying because they're so cute? Yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, you're annoying. I'll fuck that. you, but you're still annoying. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that there's just this um, innate connection that I make between the two, which is why, like, this was another piece of the conversation you that You need Edward to take that um, exotic blueprint quiz because i feel like you're gonna be sensual because mm. <laughs> sensual people love to create the pomp and circumstance of this whole experience and yeah. like you know what i mean like i want to watch you eat this strawberry i want you to like <laughs> look in my eyes mm. while we're having sex i'm like Ugh. i don't always need like that. we're gucci i've actually been ew <laughs> don't ever say that in bed um i have actually gotten better at the um not being so like romantic about sure. sex all the time, just but... like nasty raw dog pig sex, yeah, dirty spit, <laughs> spit in on my me, eye. choke me, <laughs> yeah. fucking stab my back. What? Yeah, oh. <laughs> you're like yeah, stab me, stab me three times. Been bitch. there, done that. Um, no, I like part of the conversation that um, Edward and I had was about like how I've hooked up with most of my best friends, uh-huh. or have at least seen who have all you of hooked up? That's your friend. <laughs> because you can't see my eyes listeners I was looking at Brian Um, and I think that that stems from me feeling connected yeah just feeling connected and comfortable and taking advantage of the situation yeah getting them super (laughs) drunk Um, and I think that that's always kind of carried through I've definitely gotten better at like um, detaching from it afterwards where I'm not so like oh I need you to hold me but um but I think that I always associate a little bit of... Well, because I think as you get older, you realize that cuddling isn't the association of yeah. closeness. Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? No. Because like, even when you have sex with a friend, whether you guys, it turns into a relationship or something, at least you still feel close because you're like, I still respect you as a person and vice yeah. versa. But I think that when you have sex with someone you don't know, you would need the cuddling for you because mm-hmm. you're like, oh, well, we don't have the self-disclosure closeness, so let's be close physically. Yeah. 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 Um, but for me, I'd rather have sex with a friend because then I know that the bond is there. Mm. Yeah. And I think I've said this on the podcast. If you're like friends with close friends with me, you're like 100% more likely to get in my pants. <laughs> <laughs> Not even like 50%, like 100%. You hear that? I like... <laughs> I'm bleeping that out. What is that? <laughs> about... No. About... I said, did you hear that? <laughs> bleep, bleep. <laughs> uh... Um, okay. I mean, we kind of answered this already, but, um, and this is a two part question. Do you think that the LGBTQ plus community is more open to open relationships than the straight community? Um, yeah, I would think so. Only because I feel like in straight community, it's been said to have 
a family, get right. married, settle down. But right. for us, marriage was only a thing uh-huh. more recent. And then kids, we can't do it naturally. So like, you really have to like put a lot of effort into like mm-hmm. having a family with, through adoption or surrogacy or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, I think in the straight world, it's less likely. Um, but I also think that's why cheating happens a lot. But I guess mm-hmm. cheating happens in the gay world too. But yeah. well, here's the thing. I feel like depending on how you see cheating, cheating doesn't happen as much because they just open the relationship. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. In the gay community. In the gay community. Yeah. But in the straight community, they, they're like, no, I don't want that judgment. I don't want that. So then mm-hmm. they just block it off. Yeah. And then, yeah. 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 Um, I agree 100%. Uh, and this is the second part to that question. Um, do you think that it's maybe a younger generation versus an older generation thing? A hundred percent. Yeah. Because I, think... I feel like even in the straight community, it's being talked about a little more now. For sure. Um, where like, again, going back to that show, Tales of the City... Um, there's a sex scene with a straight couple bringing a third person right. in. And it's so, like, open, and it's right. just, that's what they've agreed upon, and right. it's their relationship. Well, I feel like now in media, it's more less, or it's less taboo to talk about yeah. things that venture outside of... The norms. The norms, yeah. yeah. Um, and I think that's why, like, gender fluidity is a kind of hot topic, because, like, you start seeing that within pop culture sure um you you're seeing more examples so i think part of it was that sex was so taboo especially outside of the traditional sense of like within a wedded marriage Mm -hmm. and so now that like um not a lot of people are doing that i think that it is a conversation that keeps happening and people are more open to it but i also think that as generations go on yeah um we are moving away from religion as a standard totally um whether that's good or bad, it's not what I'm trying to say, but I think we're just moving away from religion. And so then those like traditional senses are being a little less um, rigid, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Cause I think, um, I remember when I was a kid, like everyone's family went to church, but as an adult, I'm mm-hmm. like, no one goes to church. Nobody. Yeah. Like, or even if they do, I, I can't, I can't church remember. Church is like so different now than what it used to church be. Church is so different and like such a back burner thing. Like they'll go mm-hmm. on like religious holidays, holidays, but not, not like, Every Sunday. Mm-hmm. I can't even think of many friends that I have that are super religious. No. I think more people are more spiritual, so they're on their own journey. But I think that's totally. what it is, where it's, like, less traditional. Mm-hmm. Where they're not taught what they should know. It's more of, like, let me seek what I should know and yeah. make it sense for my own life. If yeah. you seek Amy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, <who is> she? <laughs> but, yeah. Um, that was actually my last question. Oh. I, yeah. I think that was a healthy conversation. Yeah. Work. Mm-hmm. Um, let's move on to the rotten fruit. Because I think we got a little... Uh, rotten fruit that ties in with mm-hmm. this monogamy idea. Ooh, wait, that's some rotten shit. Now that's gotta go. <laughs> rotten fruit this week. Womp, womp, womp. Womp, womp. Um, I think what I just want to like sum it up as is judgment. Mm. Um, and I bring this up in tie with uh, in tune with monogamy because I feel like when you talk about people being a little more less traditional with their relationship, there's a lot of judgment casted on there. Yeah. Like what you brought up earlier, where it's like having your cake and eating it too, or being slutty or whatever. Yes, it might not work within your own framework of your mental capacity of what you think, but just because you think of it X, Y, and Z doesn't mean that's how it's set up for that person yeah. who is participating in that or how they see it. And I think it's very, um, I don't want to say ignorant, but naive of you to like think of how you view the, view the world is exactly how they're viewing the world. Right. Um, and then that judgment that get, gets cast down just feels shitty. Uh-huh. Like maybe I won't, and like how, how I feel like, you and I do a good job at like expressing what we feel without putting a judgment on it. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, 
which is a disclaimer, like when we talk about religion, we say in a sense that we don't agree with it, but there's no judgment with it, no. right? We're not like, you're stupid for agreeing with religion mm -hmm. or you're stupid for being monogamous. It's none of that lingo. It's yeah. just like, yeah, that's different. For me, I see it differently, right. but it's okay. I don't right. agree with you, but that also doesn't mean I uh, look down upon you for yeah. seeing it one way or look down upon it for like any other reason. Other than if you're putting your judgment on someone, mm -hmm. I look down upon you for that. Right. I'll say that. <laughs> well, and that's the thing that I was going to bring up is I feel like what's happening a lot right now is people judging one another uh -huh. in our culture and society, uh -huh. especially with political views. For sure. But I feel like the sides that I tend to jump to more are the sides that have a specific like or a very intense thought or um, pre-notion or judgment that doesn't affect other people. I agree. So like... I guess the one of the best examples of this is like thinking of um, gun control. Uh -huh. It's like, I don't think that we should have guns, but you do. And I can understand the difference in like why you maybe think that way. But at the end of the day, your reasoning literally impacts my reasoning. Sure. You know what I mean? Like because I have to think about public spaces because sure. you want guns right. so badly. Anybody in that public space and can you're have not, a gun. And um, I know this is a little bit side note, but like you're not saying we shouldn't have guns as much as just regulate it in a way that is way right. better right. than what it currently yeah. is. Yeah. Um, but or again, like marriage. Like right. gay marriage was uh -huh. fought against for so long and it's like my marriage has absolutely no impact to you. Right. If anything, we help fucking grow the economy right. so I'm benefiting right. you right. if nothing else. You know? And, and like going forward with the judgment idea of like abortion as well where mm -hmm. i'm uh pro-choice where i think a woman should choose if they want an abortion or not yeah i don't think like my personal opinion is i don't think women should use it as a source of birth control right right but if someone decided i want to use it as a source of birth control i'm like i support you in your choice to do that mm -hmm. right like if she if she came to me like should i have sex i'll just get an abortion tomorrow i'd be like don't do that right but also i wouldn't cast judgment and be like what a dumb bitch right you know what i mean i wouldn't be like oh what a hoe whatever i'd be like that's her body. Yeah. If she yeah. wants to do that, that's right. her thing. In my mind, I'm like, that's shitty. Like, if I was a girl, I would just be more protective, get on birth control, whatever the right. case, or try not to have sex if I can't have the means of getting birth control, whatever. But, I mean, I think that's, like, ridiculous because sex is great. But regardless, I would want that choice. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? And it goes with everything that we just said. Like, gay marriage, it doesn't affect you. Uh -huh. So why are you upset by right. it? Uh, like, you're more invested in my gay marriage than I am. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, gun control, I agree with you. I If guns were obsolete, great. But I have no interest in guns nor killing someone. So that's yeah. why I don't give a shit. I don't even understand hunting culture because I don't want to yeah. kill an animal either. And the fashion is awful. Awful. But... <laughs> If you take interest in that, I support you in that, and I want you to be able right. to do that because that'd be like someone saying cheerleading stupid, don't do it, ban uh -huh. it. I would get why so, so many people are upset, but I don't think the argument is like banning guns totally. Maybe the more radical idea, mm -hmm. but like just regulate it in a sense that like yeah, you can have a gun to hunt, but you don't need a machine but make it gun. Make more difficult. And yeah, make, like, you don't need yeah. a machine gun to hunt. Right. Right. Yeah. So it's like what? Yeah. So that's more of where I stand on judgment is like you have to let go of things that literally do not impact you. Right. Or your daily lives or the way that you move about life. Like mm -hmm. it, I just think it's for a lot of people an outlet to avoid looking in on themselves right. and what's happening, right. you know, within their own minds and their right. own worlds. Right. Um, it's easier to look at other people and make a judgment on them. Right. Before you have to do it to yourself. Right. Yeah. And I think it's it's good to clarify when we say, like, judgment. I think it's okay to have an opinion. 
mm-hmm. and be like, I don't like that. Yes. But to have an emotion tied to that opinion is like the stupid thing. Like, like I don't like that. You're a slut. I hate you. Right. That's judgment. Or like, <laughs> I think with judgment, I also think um, vocalizing your judgment. Right. Like, close your goddamn mouth. Close your mouth. I don't need to hear your judgment. If like, it doesn't pertain to the conversation or if anyone asks right. for your opinion, then shut your fucking mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Or say that shit with someone who agrees with you. <laughs> <laughs> Behind their back. <laughs> just kidding. Yeah. I mean, or do that. Yeah, right? Um, but yeah, it's just so fucking stupid. And I think if you mind your own business, mm-hmm. everyone would, can live the same. And yeah. I think it, like when we say like mind your own business, that doesn't mean like not to read up on things that you take no interest in. I think it's good to be worldly and like, again, like guns, I don't give a fuck, but I still want to know what's going on. Right. Um, I think it's good to be like, informed but yeah of course educate yourself again it's okay to be informed and have an opinion but when Mm -hmm. you're starting to cast like emotions onto someone else and dictating how they should live or like how they should think that's where it's problematic because like we can coexist quite easily if you Mm -hmm. just like let your own um journey yeah rest you are not god you cannot judge (laughs) you cannot judge (laughs) yeah but yeah that's that's pretty much it for the rotten fruit great (laughs) <laughs> Simple things that interfere A day, a week, a month, a year We bring it up for a reason Simply put the sins in season So let's wrap up this motherfucking episode Wrap her up You got an in season for me, boo? I do It's gonna be Netflix <laughs> yeah. Is it? You can go first. It's Netflix, isn't <laughs> no, it's not, it? Not, okay. Um, so I actually, uh, where was I? I was going somewhere and I was really upset because um, I couldn't get my hair cut in time for where I was going and uh-huh. I didn't like how my hair was growing out. And I haven't owned a baseball cap in a very long time. So I went to H&M and I was like, let me just buy a cheap baseball cap I can wear for like the day, even if I don't love it, whatever. And I actually found this like super cute like black suede baseball cap. Oh, the one like, you had on the other day. Yeah, and I was like super cute. I was like, wait, I actually kind of like it. So I got that, and then um, I was really liking wearing it. And I was like, I kind of want another one, like a light colored one, yeah. to wear, you know. Um, so I bought like another one, and right now I'm just like really into how I look in them because my mom gave me a um, a complex when I was a kid. They have and a big ass head. I have a huge head. You do. And in all fairness, like <laughs> some of the hats that I wear. Um, with no offense to to this community, but I do sometimes look like somebody who's really sick or like going through cancer treatment. Uh, or, like sure. it just covered the way that it fits my head. It does not look. It good. like covers your hair to where it looks like you're hiding yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. And um, well, that so was a point I, I guess because you didn't get a haircut. <laughs> so right, well, job yeah. well done. But you can still see like the sides of my hair right. that I have it in a baseball cap. You know what I think the difference is that hats now are very slender. Yeah, like it like is angular. It totally. doesn't sit high off your head. Like yeah. it kind of sculpts the shape of your head. Yeah, I feel like before like trucker hats and stuff had like the little uh-huh. the little foam bump it in the front that like extended your head so like you wearing a hat like that your head would Mm -hmm. be massive huge yeah um so that's my in season work yeah yeah i'm I'm always a hat queen yeah i love hats yeah um i have this docker hat and people always they're always like what the fuck is a docker hat but it literally is just it's a hat without no brim 
no bill on it. So like a baseball hat with no bill. So it's almost like a beanie oh. that sits on top of your head. Yeah, it's hat material. So it's like super lightweight. Interesting. There's no. Oh, I know what you're talking it's about. It's all I've style. Seen you with it. Yeah, it's all it's style. such a New York thing. There's no purpose. It doesn't yeah. block the sun. Yeah, it yeah, really yeah. doesn't. Even, it barely covers your head. But it's fashion. Yeah, it's fashion. It's yeah. fashion. <laughs> See that one I can't do. Yeah, no. <laughs> that's not my style. That, only people who really could pull that off are like hip Bald Asians. People? Oh no, hip oh. Asians. Honestly. Mm. Do you know what yeah, I'm saying? Like yeah, stylish Asians with like a thin frame, like glasses, glasses yeah. that have no prescription in it, uh-huh. a shoulder sling bag, rolled <laughs> yeah. up like like pants, Cover, like overalls with Yeezys on. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? You mm-hmm. see this image? Yeah. yeah. Um, I can't pull that off either. Well, actually, I probably could. Anyways, um, <laughs> my in season this week is another podcast. Um, they don't know I listen, so they won't even listen to us. Uh-huh. I, I highly doubt they'll listen to us because they're two straight men. Uh-huh. But um, the podcast is called Asian Not Asian. Okay. And it just talks about the Asian American um, experience. Mm. And I found it so interesting because I'm Asian. I'm Asian American. Yeah. But I haven't had an Asian American experience. I think uh, America, if they do see my race, it's black. Yeah. <laughs> so but I, like, if you're Asian, why are you black? <laughs> exactly yeah, that. Yeah. Um, but it's such a good podcast because I think they bring up so many good examples. And I gave an example of the mic- microaggression, um, I think, in a previous episode where uh-huh. he was like, racism is like getting hit with a boulder, right? Mm-hmm. Like it like knocks you out. Yeah. But microaggression racism is like having a little rock in your shoe. Oh, right, 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 Yeah, right. and you're walking around with a rock in your shoe. You can survive and make it through. You'll, you'll but... survive, you'll get through the day, but every time you step, you're just feeling irritated and discomfort, and no mm-hmm. one should feel that way. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it might be one yeah. comment here or there, but then if you continually hear it, or you continually have that rock in your shoe before you stop it or take it out, it's always going to bother you. Mm-hmm. And so then, yeah, you would be angry if you had a rock in your shoe all the time. Yeah. So they, they give little metaphors like that where I'm like, in the car, like, Bitch, yes! Like, that is the best way to put it. Okay. So, um, Asian, not Asian. Yeah, if you're Asian or not Asian, it's a great podcast to listen okay. to. Asian, not Asian. Yeah. Okay. Um, but that's pretty much it. Great. Thank you guys always for listening. Um, you can reach out to us at on Instagram at Fruit Snacks Pod. And you can also email us at Fruit Snacks Pod at gmail.com. And as always, write, share, subscribe, listen, right. follow, share, 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 <laughs> share, share. And as I was saying, share it. <laughs> and when you share it, just as you're listening, screenshot it, tag us. And then we'll load your um, screenshot onto our story to show that, like, we're bumping. People are listening. It's popping. It's this cue. It's good. It's good. What's good? What is good? So we could be like, it's big, huh? Our following. <laughs> we're big, But huh? thank you, Snack Pack, as always. And thank we will you. catch you next week on Fruit, Fruit Snakes. So today on Fruit Facts, we have quite a few um, facts that we need to check throughout this episode. Um, First off, we're going to describe what polyamory and open relationships are and the difference between the two. So by dictionary.com, polyamory is the practice of engaging in multiple sexual relationships with the consent of all the people involved. And open relationships are a marriage or relationship in which both partners agree that each may have sexual relations with others. So I know... um, both of those definitions kind of sound very similar. So I went into more research to kind of find the difference between the two. And I found that broadly speaking, open usually refers to the sexual aspect of a non-closed relationship, whereas polyamory involves the extension of a relationship by allowing bonds to form, which may be sexual or otherwise, as additional um, to long-term relationships, such as relationships that um, are open in a more self-disclosed way. 
So that is the difference between the two. Um, when Shane mentioned that uh, the diamond companies pushed the idea of um, diamond rings for marriage, that was false. It was actually pushed for engagement rings, not the idea of marriage. Marriage is more traditionally a religious co construct. So the diamond company just took an opportunity from that and said, um, instead of just having a marriage ban to show a person is committed, why not step it up? by getting them an engagement ring, which pushed the diamond uh, industry to generate more revenue for diamond sales. So that's kind of what pushed the engagement ring, or yeah, the engagement ring, not marriage. So then when Shane talked about debunking myths and he was kind of confused at where that came from, it's a show called Adam Ruins Everything. Um, Adam Ruins Everything is an American comedy television series starring um, host Adam Conover on True TV. And the premise of the show, in essence, was um, the host Adam takes the idea or social or social constructs of what people form and, de and debunk the standardizing thinking behind these so-called myths. And then the last thing that um, is worth bringing up is the, I think I explained it as pillars of relationship, but it is actually called the triangle theory of love. And um, the professor who created it was a professor of human development from Cornell University. And that professor's name is Robert J. Sternberg. And he was the one who created the triangle theory of love. And in essence, the triangle theory of love holds that love can be understood in terms of three components that together can be viewed as forming the vertices of a triangle. These three components are intimacy, passion, and decision slash commitment. Each component manifests a different aspect of love. And I think I explained it as uh, commitment, intimacy, or self-disclosure, and passion. So I'm just going to break these things down just so that we know what we're talking about. So intimacy, intimacy refers to feelings of closeness, connectedness, and bondness in loving relationships. Passion, passion refers to the drives that lead to romance, physical attraction, sexual consummation, and related phenomena in loving relationships. And then the decision slash commitment, decision slash commitment refers in short term to the decision that one loves a certain other. So you take interest in someone and in long term to um, one's commitment to maintain that love. So the three component, the three components of love generate eight possible kinds of love within this considered combination. So there's um, relationships that have passion and commitment, but no intimacy like we mentioned or intimacy and passion or just passion and um, or intimacy and commitment. So if you want to look at all those different um, forms of relationships, just Google triangle theory of love and there's a plethora of resources on that but that kind of concludes this segment of fruit facts as always thank you guys so much for listening to fruit snacks and we will catch you next week